Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. On today's show, we are going to talk to you about what is happening in AI and marketing today. We're doing a mid-year check-in. What's happening with AI and SEO, AI and personalization, and AI and writing and content creation. Those have been big themes for the last six months. We're going to get into them all on today's show. This is Marketing Against the Grain, live from Dublin. I'm in person, IRL with my co-host, Kieran Flanagan. I'm Kit Bodner. We are here talking marketing and AI with you today. Let's get into today's show. Okay, so we are here talking about the mid-year of AI and, and what's going on. The biggest thing, Kieran, that I want to start with is that I think when the AI hype train started rolling at the end of last year, the number one kind of initial use case was like, oh, cool, AI is going to write all of your content for you. And if you're a marketer, you need less content creators, you need less freelance writers. AI is just going to completely take over and make brilliant content for you. Is that hype or is that real? I think that is in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly in the middle. Again, when we think about writing, there's internal comms external functional writing, which to me is like, how do I just get landing pages up? How do I just get website pages up? And then there's a real stuff that you want to actually gain a big audience for. So like the point of view, the humor, all of these different things. And I think if you think of that content stack, where AI tools have really helped is, I think they do a lot of the internal comms really well. I actually spend a lot of my time now just using it for internal comms. When Um, you say internal comms, what do you mean by that? Like what tactically kind of stuff are like you Like if using? I have to do a business proposal or a memo or things like that, it actually does a really good job of like doing a kind of first draft or nearly a, mm. a late stage draft of just trying to get some internal comms out. Here's a really good example actually from me and Wade were talking about writing. And one of the use cases he used it for, which I thought was really cool was he collected a bunch of feedback from people on a certain mm. topic. Yeah. And usually in the old world, you would have to read through all of that you know, you kind of yeah, categorize, categorize it, put it together, it, yeah. do all that, right? And so he, he collected it and put it all into ChatGPT and asked it to categorize it, asked it to actually synthesize the thoughts, and actually asked it to give him kind of the key takeaways. I thought the interesting thing is he did an A B test. So he did a version with ChatGPT and then he did a version himself because he wanted to see if his how, thoughts, how much better he was. Or how biased a human can be as well. Oh, yeah, like that yeah, was yeah, one of the conversations we had, which is when you categorize it or you actually give your own kind of feelings on the matter, you can have some biases in that, where ChatGPT doesn't have any of that. So I think that was one of the things where I've started to link, well, I can collect a lot of more information. I can get it to categorize it, synthesize it, and give me the bullet points. I did that for my notes, so my weekly notes. I put them all into ChatGPT on a Friday and I get them to aggregate it, give me the follow-up points and send it to me. It's good for memos, business communication, just trying to get that early thing yeah. done, first draft. The next thing is, I think it's pretty good for functional. Like if you're an SMB and you just do a website, you need to do a landing page, you need to do any of these things, pretty good for functional. Now, if you're trying to get real great landing page copy, sales copy, conversion rate, yeah. I, don't, I still don't think it's like incredible it's, for that, yeah. but for very small businesses, very, very good. And then you get for like, how do I grow audience through content? 
Yeah. And I still this, Which think, is classic, the cl- classic inbound yeah. marketing, content marketing playbook is what you're talking right. about. I had right. A, right. I have a LinkedIn post that I want to put out t- today and I did it first draft on mm-hmm. ChatGPT. I said, make it punchy, make it entertain. I did all these different prompts and it just came out like something I would never write. Right. Like it's just not yeah. close to what I would sound like or want to sound like. It sounds like what theoretically, if you aggregate all the kind of content together and LinkedIn content together, and you have the average of that content, yeah. that's what it sounds like. And I don't want to be the average. I want to be like better than the average. That's, I think the point that I want to try to emphasize for everybody is that AI is great at consensus, right? It's trying to get to a consensus answer. And so if you basically summarize a bunch of thoughts right. or simply just like, communicate some pretty basic things. It's like, hey, here's the tech specs of this product and I just need to communicate them in a clear way. Like those are consensus type of writing problems. And I think AI today is good for that, but that's only a small part of marketing. It's terrible anytime you need to have high differentiation in the content you're creating. Like for example, we have the writer strike going on in Hollywood right now. Nobody has come out being like, oh, we're going to keep making the show with AI. We're totally fine. <laughs> ChatGPT is not going to write the next, like, it might be able to write a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> like, just loud bands. Insert people. crazy stunt. Yeah, insert crazy stunt. Vin crazy Diesel, stunt. One, one line of dialogue, yeah. insert crazy yeah. stunt. Talk about something about family being the most important thing. <laughs> it is not going to write, like, incredible scripts. It's not going to replace humans today. And this is why I come back to, like, I think content gets better when you can actually have plug-and-play language models. I was actually talking talking to someone else, a founder, and I was giving them a marketing idea to go take mm-hmm. a bunch of content from some of the stuff that they have and create like a, like a character.ai bot yeah. for something. And that to me is like, I can get a freelancer, I can upload lots of different content to a plug and play model, and then it can sound much more like me. Now, do I think it will get to that point? Maybe. Will I ever go from like idea, write content in ChatGPT, post somewhere? No, because again, we talked about this. I want the interim step where I write that thing because I have to internalize Mm -hmm. that myself. I'm trying to teach myself something. Well, so first of all, I believe that writing and humor and key differentiation and message is going to be universal and it's going to be one of the core skills that you need as a marketer going forward. And I think we're here to say that AI writing assistance is never going to fix that, or at least not in the short term going to fix that. And I think here, what I was kind of thinking about with this is like, we don't know the limitations of the model versus the data, right? A lot of what's happening here is there's going to be a move to smaller language models, more focused language models. I think to really know the answer to this question, you know what I want to see happen? So do you know what the Harvard Lampoon is? No. Okay. So if you don't know what the Harvard Lampoon is, so it is the comedy writing group at Harvard University. And basically every famous comedy writer, not every, but like a lot, a lot of famous comedy writers have gone through the Harvard Lampoon. So Conan O'Brien was in the Harvard Harvard Lampoon. Like normally like half of the SNL writers in a given year are from the Harvard Lampoon. So it's like, it is kind of a mecca for writing and comedy writing. Like what I would want to see is like, cool, can I take 50 years of content from the Harvard Lampoon, put them into a model and and see what that model can generate for me. Yeah, that's when I think it gets interesting. That is what we were missing. And that is what why we were kind of hyped on the AI writing tools. Like you and I have this little kind of running bit that writing tools were just the easiest thing to do and showcase as a use case. It was not actually the best place to start because the high end of writing is one of the hardest things for a machine to replicate. A hundred percent. 
again, it's taking the average. And so it's making you, for the most part, an average writer. I do think it gives you great research and data and all things, but exactly what you said is what I think it gets really interesting. Like Anthropic has just released their model. Oh, yeah. You can actually give it an entire book to learn and then it can actually build off that. So I wonder like if you give it a bunch of like incredible books, do you actually see much better output? So Anthropic is a new large language model that the big thing here is that you can put, I think it's like 100,000 tokens, like 75,000 words basically into Anthropic, which is mostly books and, and everything there. The trade-off is, is it's much slower. Much slower. It's yeah. much slower. But this is what's important to understand is that with these models, they're going to have different use cases. You're going to have use cases where you need the answer fast or where you need the answer slow. If you're summarizing a whole book, you don't need that answer fast. No. You're looking for, you need a depth of answer versus speed of answer. And so for anything you're doing in your marketing work, you want to look at how fast you need the answer versus how correct or deep the answer needs to be. A good example of this that we're going to talk about is like chatbots on website. Right. You actually need that answer to be fast more than you need it to be in depth. And so which models you use and what data you train those models on is going to be kind of germane to everything we're doing in marketing today. But I think Anthropic is a good example of these models are evolving and the use cases are evolving for them a lot. But what we we're telling you around content is it's helpful. Like if I have a writing team, I do not think that they are shipping final versions of something, unless you're doing like very much educational, informational information, which is like, there's only one answer of that thing and it can regurgitate something. But I think for the most part, they're using it for research. They're using it for like first drafts. They're using it for some brainstorming ideas, which is all really, really yeah. beneficial for writers and can actually make them much more efficient. But I don't think it's like the top echelon of what write-in is about. We're saying it's not hyped, but it's limited in what it can use. It's, and I think most marketing teams are probably using, should be using some it type of writing app. It definitely was hyped because- It was, oh, it was overhyped. It was, it was overhyped because I remember like Steph Smith, who's been on the show, I think, I can't recall what conversation, maybe it was when she was on the yeah. show. And we were talking about, everyone is talking about how they're using these AI writing tools now. And she was asking us, has either of us had yeah. AI write something and shipped it? And, and we were asking, she's an incredible writer. And she, she was saying she hasn't used it at all in their day-to-day -day work. She didn't know any other of her writing friends that were like shipping content through AI. And that's how I feel about it, which yeah. is, I don't know anyone who's like a really great writer who's using AI as the final version, as the final version, maybe Correct. as like early drafts for research. Early drafts outlining, that's, that's what's happening there. Okay, the next point of marketing, hyped reality is chatbots I want to talk about. So I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing. We just put a new AI chatbot live on HubSpot knowledge base. And so we're using, you know, the GPT, I think three and a half model on the back end. I think we're going to be switching it to four soon. And basically, if you are going to a knowledge base, and so for folks who may not know what a knowledge base is, that is Oh, how do I get like simple answers to how to do things in software or products, what have you? And there's normally like you do a search, you find a long page, you scroll through that page to figure out, oh, this is the question I had and like this is what I do. And it's not perfect, but wow, is it very good. It's really good. It's, it's really good. good. So it's like, if you go to the HubSpot knowledge base right now, you can just chat and be like, how do I set up a custom object in HubSpot? And it will literally give you the step-by-step -step how to do this very specific thing in HubSpot. And it's really good. Yeah. It's not ready yet for like the five-step version of that. How do I set up a custom object with these requirements for this specific region, what have you, that would be really hard, but it is, it's really good. Yeah. I actually think this is probably the most like reality part of AI right now is that like you have known information that you can feed into a model and generate like a pretty good interaction that I think is actually 
better than the alternative. It's better than talking to a human most of the time, and it's better than like scrolling through a web page, especially when you have pretty direct questions. Yeah, I agree. This is the most impactful area of AI right now is personalization. I talk about it as in the future, every buyer is going to have their own concierge. Like from the moment you go to the website <laughs> to when you sign up to when you're an actual customer, yep. you'll have access to live chat through AI, you'll have access to like things available to you through AI. I think we're gonna strip away the complexity of adoption of tools, which is gonna be really interesting. Like some tools have been held back because they're complex, hard to adopt, have to be adopted through humans. What actually happens when everything can be adopted through product-led motions, everyone can have a freemium version of it, everyone can have a concierge. One of the things I was working on over the weekend through Playground, which is like you can play around with the different prompts, is I was trying to create, like what it would, theoretically could you create an automation guide per person, like mm -hmm. an individual person, as if it was written for that person through, like yeah. by a human, based upon what we know about you as a role, domain, what we know about your tech stack, and- How close? And it's really, it's, it's not just really, <laughs> it's not just really good, but actually it knows, it can give you all this Zapier workflows. So That's it, no, pretty it sick. actually, can, like, cause some of the, the models have been trained on that have access to like Zapier data. And so you can actually tell it to like, and then sh show you how you do this in Zapier. So what I would, I did is like how you implement it, the benefit and how you do it in Zapier, like for each workflow mm -hmm. and then categorize it by the job to be done and tell the marketer why that job to be done is really important to their job and career. That's sick. Adding context. And I have iterated like five to 10 times. And the 10th time it started to be like, wow, this is like pretty decent enough that you could just give to a, a sales rep, have them do some of the calls and bring people through them and say, here's some tips off the bat and see if they actually find it valuable. Cause one of the things I wanna like stress to people, here's like a quick tip for people oh, in I terms of experimenting with this stuff. See if you agree as well. When you experiment with things, like if you think the traditional growth team, most of them are in the touch list. Like you think of the spectrum, there's touch list to like human led. Yeah. Most like motions across your yeah. go to market. Most of our efforts are how do we just get this touch list thing to be better? Because that's like where growth teams, like how do I get this web page to be better, this onboarding flow, this activation yeah. flow? One of the things I would always stress is like you should start by putting a human in the loop first and get in the best experience that is unscalable because it's with a human oh. and then engineer the human out of the loop. Oh, I love that. Right? And AI is incredible because you can engineer the human out of the loop and actually just pass that off to AI. And that's the way I've been thinking about it. So I like would create these things, give them to customer success, give them to sales, see how valuable it is, listen to the calls, and then try to engineer that back to like AI replacing that motion. We're moving from an era of personalization to true like segment of one, like this segment custom thing for this one human being. And Kieran's like making the, the correct point, which is like, you assume to do that you just need to go play with a bunch of AI stuff. Right. And what you're actually saying is like, no, I need to have the human interaction. And exactly. I need to understand what the best possible experience is. And then I need to make it even better. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Because, right. because the reality is that as humans, we have to take time to think, react, type, do all of these things. We eat, sleep, so we're not always available. <laughs> yeah, we're not always available. <laughs> but what happens here is like, cool, if AI can provide the same quality of answers, but around the clock, faster, all of those things. It is a net better experience. Right. And you're like, I think we're actually to the point where we can start building better experiences. Right, exactly. I wanna start, what we usually do is start at the scalable solution. Traditionally, the scalable solution has been touchless yes. for most companies and because that's the most economical. I wanna start at like, what's the best? It's unscalable because we can't afford to have humans yeah. doing these motions, but what's the best version of this? And then how can I replicate that with AI or get close, if I even like get close to it, still so, scalable. So let's, I want to take a detour. I want to talk to you about something that I think I kind of believe, but I want, I want to see if you, you believe. Historically in sales and marketing, what happens is, is if you have a lower price product, 
you were like, okay, I need to automate and remove humans, and I need to do everything to keep the cost of attracting and retaining a customer as low as possible. Right. And if you have a very high-priced product, so I would consider a low-priced product like sub $100 a month if it's a subscription product, or call it $1,000 a year or below. A high-priced product, you're talking at you know, a thousand to ten thousand dollars a month. Call it fifty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars a year. And once you're in there, it's like, cool. I want that customer to be set up perfectly, and I want them to have this human customized, right. very specific process to them because they're an important customer of mine, and I want that to be great. I think that those two experiences are going to come together. Because the automated experience is just going to be better than the human experience most of the time. A hundred percent. I think what's going to happen is that that low value customer and that more expensive customer, I think they're going to have like 80% of the same journey. And then like the last 20%, I think that more expensive customer is then going to have some very, very specific, maybe contract negotiation, onboarding still setup. Some human that is, that's very, it still has some human yeah touch to it but that human touch is actually going to be way better right because it's going to be able to be more focused and it's going to be way more effective and i think the customers are going to be way happier because they were able to get through so much of the process without humans and made it much faster because the big problem when customers spend a lot more money is what takes them way longer to onboard it's like cool i paid for this thing and i'm nine months in and i'm just now getting it set up right yeah i'm gonna any value for my contract stuff to negotiate yeah do, well i don't know do i renew yeah. this contract or not i don't know i haven't gotten value but i've set up so maybe i'll get value in the second year of it and that is a crappy way to live right right and what i'm saying is that i think ai plus automation is going to move the kind of low end of the market and high end of the market experience together right do you agree with that? Yeah, I think PLG eats into eats the enterprise. Eats baby. the enterprise. Yes, like, this, this is the true consumerization of software, right? Like we are. I think this is what's going to happen. Nobody's are, nobody's talking about yeah, this, by the are, way. We are unlocked. So, like, you think PLG for the most part is lower end of the market, and then you build product led sales and sales as you move up market. I think the PLG can move way further up market, and then you have a small part of like that custom enterprise plan yeah. where you're still like you're customizing the plan to their needs, so you still have some sales interaction. Yeah, but. That concierge, like you've seen it, I've seen it, I've started to see it, like the the email, the live chat. What happens when you can actually have real virtual avatars on a Zoom call, modeled on your data, being able to have a customer support interaction like a human? Like we, that's, we, we that's were literally, we were literally just we're talking going. about it last week in a meeting. That's where, where we're going. You are going to be able to have a custom human avatar to do phone support. Oh, 100%. And, and sales, and it is not that it is not that far. No, away. I think you'll be able to have that for customer support as well. Like you'll be able to go from the live chat AI say, Oh, I really want to call on this. Go to the call, have a virtual avatar on that call. Yeah. Be able to screen grab things, walk you through things. Customer support is completely different in 12 months time. It is more AI. Could than not humans. agree more. I don't know if you saw there was a cool company. I actually might try to ping them to see if they'll submit a demo for the kind of thing we're doing on the show. Oh yeah. So tell, tell people about what we're doing. Yeah. We're doing in conjunction with Ben Bites. Awesome. Ben had this in his newsletter where we asked AI founders to submit their tools. Then we're going to reach back out. They're going to send us some demos and we're going to react to them live, talk about how impactful we think they're going to be. There's this cool tool that I'm going to reach out to see if they want to be included. Have you seen this thought health center? Oh, I've heard of it, but I, I haven't big dug into it yet. Suck all your knowledge base and all your customer support yeah. data, and then just give you a unique URL. And so, so you instantly have customer support, no matter the size of the company, you can do customer support through live chat, through knowledge base, through AI from day one. That's pretty sweet. That is the place where it's personalization, chatbot, and 
customer experience. I take customer support away, actually. Yeah. That's the wrong language. It's customer experience. It is. Customer it is. experience. If you have not 10 x your customer experience in the next year, you're f***ed. You're so f***ed. <laughs> I mean, you are. Yeah. Because everybody else is just going to completely leapfrog and then, you. And that problem is that I've said this before, the AI thing. I think the laggers get crushed in AI. I think because once you get the it's, foothold, the returns diminish and you're so far back, it's going to be hard to catch l- up. L- let, me, let, me put it th- let me put it this way. One, if you do not adapt your customer experience with AI, it's going to be like the equivalent of having a GeoCities website like in 2010. <laughs> like it is going, it's going to feel embarrassing. It's not going to be like, oh, this is kind of bad. It is going to be like, no, no, no. Like I can't trust this company right. because this is so bad. Or the one, right? with the one e-com store who's 10 years after the internet going, this internet is not going to work. I'd, I'm, not doing anything I'd, I'm not doing anything online. I refuse to put a website up. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business. Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice. Nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. Well, so this show is about marketing. We talked a little bit about sales and customer success and these like essentially robotic video avatars that are going to be but customer success okay let's 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 say something really controversial we're talking about marketing we're talking about customer experience customer support maybe that should live in marketing in an ai world why doesn't that move into marketing so so i think i think we're about to get into some of the bold prediction part of this show i think a few bold predictions is that more of sales and customer success are going to live in marketing because marketing is going to be i think the backbone of the ai automation of a lot of this stuff and so i think a lot of the automated support and a lot of the automated what would historically be typical like bdr sdr outreach will be in marketing long term the other thing i was going in a different direction like we were just talking about the writing apps it to me seems wholly like 10 times more likely that the average company is going to have a standalone virtual avatar support or bdr rep before they have ai writing high-end marketing content agreed yeah, I agreed. I think the like which sounds crazy. I know right. that sounds crazy, but that is because the, I believe the last twenty percent on writing is, is far impossible. It's far dude. bigger than the last twenty percent on personalization. I actually think the sales and customer success use cases of AI in some ways are more straightforward than the marketing right. use cases. The marketing use cases are a little bit more about like how do you make things better, the image creation, text creation, all of those things, and how do you automate like a lot of the email chat yeah. personalization stuff. Exactly. But like the core ideation and like packaging of those ideas is actually very hard. In fact, you actually would argue like you are going to have to stand out from the noise. There's going to be so much noise because everyone has bigger capabilities than they've ever had, right? To do content, yes. to do all these different things. 
And so the best marketers who can get very crisp on messaging can actually create things that are engaging, can create things that stand out. That skill is not going to be commoditized by AI, I do not think. And that skill is going to be much, much more valuable. Yeah. The marketers that have real point of view and clean messages are actually going to become more differentiated because all of the lazy marketers are just going to use AI and it's all going to be consensus, kind of commoditized, boring messaging. Right. And you'll be like, all right, I looked at five websites. They say the same thing. They I don't, know what, do the the, I don't know what the heck to do. Right. And maybe we won't even be looking at websites, but that's another show. All right, so a few takeaways so far today's show is writing. It's helpful, but not ready for prime time. Not going to like take over everything. What is ready for prime time is the personalization, the bot, and the kind of email text personalization. It's not perfect yet, but wow, it's transformational. And it's getting us much closer to making these segments of one. And that's going to lead into things like the kind of AI support and BDR sales rep kind of led motion and bot experience. Now we have SEO. Bar just came out. Google rolled out all of their stuff. Every marketer I know is talking about SEO and AI and what the heck is going to happen. And people, I think people are freaked out. Right. I think this is. We've, we've had right. a little bit of time now to kind of digest everything. Tell us, old Sage SEO, <laughs> old Black Hat bla SEO, old Black Hat <laughs> SEO. Black hat are, are you are you just spending your time these days trying to figure out how to be Black Hat 2.0 SEO and how to be Black Hat in an AI world? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, the AI man Bing is like cuts you off if you say anything. I was trying to get it to draft. What are you telling well, Bing? Okay, what are you I, telling I, Bing that Bing so, is stopping to with, talk, so talk I was to like you? Trying to, all last summer play tennis was one of the best summers because I had a bit of time to play tennis. I Sounds have the amazing. last six months, I have just been like oversubscribed. We talked about this. So I you have, have way oversubscribed yourself. I oversubscribed yourself. myself it's, and I'm like, enough is enough. I need to have a life. And so I'm trying to get back into tennis. We're, we're going on vacay later we're this summer. Go, we're going to go to France, drink some wine, yeah, it's uh, do a podcast. Can we ask the audience for the YouTube, should we do the live podcast in France on the beach, oh, on the beach. or in, in a winery? Because oh. we're going to go. We're, we're, Put it on the comments. Yeah, winery us or up. beach in France. Yeah, should we, we're going to be we're going to be near Bordeaux. So it's like, do we hit up a winery in Bordeaux or do we go to the beach? That is the question in the YouTube and we comments. Do, and we will do it. We will. Wherever, we will do a live pod from one of those we'll get two all places. This over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somebody's going to be like either really mad that they have to help us set up shop over there, or right, really, happy really happy that they get to go to France in the summertime. Get Patricia down a day over there. Totally. So I was telling them to find me a tennis club. There's a local tennis club I know, but I was trying to do it all through I see yeah. how, how good it was. This tennis club is like, these are like nice traditional tennis places. A lot of old people go there and chill out and interact. So they, they always have like... <laughs> a lot of old people? I've been on the wait list for two years. You've been on the wait list for these, two years? These old people are drinking a lot of wine, <laughs> right? But they have biscuit mornings. They have these mornings where What they, is a biscuit morning? So like they get together, have tea biscuits, and they all like chat. And so I was like... Uh, it's like a Ted Lasso biscuit morning? Like what is this? They just get... Yeah, they just have a good spread of biscuits. Community. It's very community. Man, we're, sounds, we're all in the community you know i you know i love people i can't wait to go and have biscuits with people <laughs> and so all right he so hates I, people everyone he I, hates people i said to bing find me the email address got me the email address draft me email about my membership where am i on the list in this membership <laughs> like jesus am i ever going to get yeah, into this club here goddamn biscuits right <laughs> i said to bing draft me a letter say it been on the list for two years when can i get in here and if you don't let me in i'm going to take your biscuits <laughs> <laughs> and it goes, it goes, sorry, I'm used to this. We're going to have to hang up and start again. <laughs> like, because I said steal. I said the oh. word steal biscuits. I said, I will steal their biscuits. And it just cut me off. I was like, oh, shit. like, am I, you know, you get a credit score. Yeah. And when you get bad credit, you're totally f 
Yes. I'm wondering, like, is there an AI score for all of us? Oh. And it's like, totem up, like, all these, like, bad things you ask the AI to do. Kieran's like, my AI score is like, brutal. shit, I'm asking to steal biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is the guy who told us to steal biscuits. <laughs> He's on the bad list. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, actually. But, but AI SEO. Okay, so... I think this is not hyped in that anyone who's really great at marketing and has yeah. built an incredible go-to-market has incredible search. They just do. Like HubSpot, any of Zapier is built from search. Like lots of companies have built search modes. Well, I, on top of that, I've looked at a bunch of companies lately and like it is almost to a T. If a company has a really bad and ineffective go-to-market, they have less than 25% of their traffic from search. Yeah. Guaranteed, right? Like right. You, you and I have looked at a ton of companies. Any company that is struggling, if you go directly to the, the sources of their traffic, less than 25% of their traffic is from search. And the companies that are crushing it are like more in the 40 to 60% range from search. Because they just have, they just get want to kind of market, benchmark they, that they, for everybody. Yeah, they get scale. I think it's going to get bad, right? Because... <laughs> I think it's going to get bad. Because Everybody's <laughs> feeling really happy about this because right now. I, I don't think Google wanted to do this. I think well, Google didn't want to do it. Google wanted, wanted their legacy business right. to go on as long as it possibly could. So they're could. like, okay, well, we have to do this because OpenAI is like, we got all this competition from being OpenAI. Yeah. I think Bard was a solid release. Bard was really solid. I think, the fact um, that you can go and use it right now at bard.google.com, like if you haven't played around with it, you should well, check it out. If in you're in America. Ireland, Kip, where we are in the EU, you cannot use it because we have this thing called GDPR. <laughs> I didn't know they had the F in the middle yeah, of it. That's good. State. That's good. We, we're in nanny states. We're not you doing are. what we want. So I don't think they wanted to do it. What was really interesting was ads were missing from all the demos. So they yes. hadn't inserted AdWords. But this thing is just like, what do we did this analysis while we were still at HubSpot? We looked at the analysis of feature snippets and we could see that the mm -hmm. click through rate reduced over time. Now, HubSpot was such a machine, it can circumnavigate that by just actually mm -hmm. growing net new traffic, even though click through rates were going down for overall traffic. HubSpot is pretty unique in terms of like content and SEO machines, definitely in the B2B space. So not many companies are going to be able to do that. I think that this is like a giant version of a feature snippet. Plus, it's not just like feature snippets were like maybe in the third result or off to the side. Now it's just like front and center. And the thing is, the more you ask it and the more it writes out, the more it's kind of pushing exactly. everything down. So now you've got like this first page, ChatGPT. Then you've got some paid ads, which is incredible to me that they're pushing yeah. the paid ads down so far. And then you've got these things, blue links. And that's how people are going to feel Those about Those legacy them. Like blue some, links, baby. And no one is going to click on the citations and includes in the Bard AI if the Bard AI is good enough. Now, there's some things that maybe like, I, I'm mm -hmm. being like very like generalistic. There's some, some well, things no, that you, you I got to pat Kieran on the back a little bit. There are some things that you've been right about from the jump. And one of the things I think you were right about from the jump is you're like, once it's, it's good enough, people are just going to chat with the search engine and they're never going to look you're below that, look behavior. that answer, changing, right? You're changing user behavior, right? We, we're being trained that there is a new mm -hmm. way to get information. And I think once you train someone to get information in a different way, which is like much easier, yeah. it's harder and harder to go back and like navigate across all the links. Now there's still some queries where it's going to make sense to do that. But if we don't think this is going to have net negative impact for anyone who is running a high, like a, a real search driven go to market, then we're wrong. Like, I think it's going to have yes. net negative so, consequences. So AI and SEO is a reality. It's a reality today, today as of last week. Yes, it is a hot off the presses reality is what you're saying. And I'd argue, Kieran, it's the scariest type of reality. And it's the scariest type of reality because it's here, but most companies don't feel it yet. Don't feel it yet. Right? So if you Some look at your search like traffic, it's not it's not changing. Yes. Right. Some companies are Stack Overflow, Chegg, that you're seeing some of the early, early sites starting to experience it. But the average company is probably not experiencing it yet. And that's because how Google's rolling it out. And they're focusing the BART experience on much more of like the non-monetized 
advertisable, non-AdWords related keywords. But as that evolves, everybody's going to get hit. And, and so the reality is that every business is at risk of a reduction of search engine traffic. 100%. Right? Like, I think we all believe that. And so the natural question everybody's going to have is like, well, what the hell do I do? But, you I know. asking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> because what happens is, we talked about this. Actually, we were right on this. I think we said this. I know, think we were completely we right said, on this. We'll tell people ago, the secrets. we said it is the rise of indirect traffic sources. Yes. And the the reduction in direct traffic sources. And what we mean by that is these traffic sources that aren't directly tied mm -hmm. to a customer purchase. So like yeah. if I get a ton of TikTok views, good, bad, yeah. don't know. If I get a ton of YouTube views, now we can optimize the description link to try to get someone to click on something and convert. But much lower rates than would be on your website. Is that good, bad, don't know. Well, we've talked a little bit about this in the past, and I want to try to really clarify it for everybody watching. The last era of marketing, and I would classify this era as like- The funnest. <laughs> so awesome. So good. I would classify it as basically 2005 to probably like 2019, 2020. Oh, the glory years. Just the glory years. <laughs> the time so we had. Nice. <laughs> well, what, the, what happened there is that was an era about clicks. Like I remember when you could publish on like Facebook and LinkedIn and get clicks oh, back, to you website. back to your Do website. Do you remember that? Facebook used to be an actual place you could, you could actually get traffic, traffic back, back to your website. And so all of these aggregators would basically send, it was basically about how do I show up on an aggregator and get people back right. to my website? And what we're really saying is that search is kind of the last bastion of that. Right. Search is the last thing that you can go and have people come back to your website in a highly scalable way. That's like direct response. And by the way, you could measure all of that and you could know exactly how to spend your time and money across those channels. And then that went away in social, email tracking went away. It got much harder to do those things and to measure the success of them. And now with search going away, we're moving to a new era of influence where it's going to be much harder to send people on a click back to your website. Right. It's still going to happen, but it's going to happen at a much lower percent of time. And you have to get much better at measuring the influence that's happening on YouTube, TikTok, search, all of those things, right? And so if you're asking the question, what do I do in this world where my search traffic is going to go down? Well, your search traffic is going to go down in some ways, but not in other ways. And so one of the ways I don't think it's going to go down, I think it's going to go up if you have a highly relevant product that people are looking for. It's going to go up if you are a known Brand you need to build. It. You need to build brand and have an, in a known category. Category and brand are going to matter a lot right. because the people who are researching in HubSpot's case, like researching best CRM on Bard, we're going to come up. You're going to come up, and it's going to be a much more powerful and relevant answer for them than just like some CRM link back to our website. Right. What is going to go away is like. Oh, the how do I do X, Y, and Z? They're just going to see that in Bard, and they're not going to come to yeah. that blog article, white paper, brands. what have you. Like that's it's what I've been thinking through is like if you're an established brand today, you could actually argue this is in your favor because you're already going to be pulled into the AI responses. But let's say you're the new CRM player. Okay, mm -hmm. well, I can't really attack you from search, right? Because yeah. it doesn't really exist. Like maybe I can go attack you from these other indirect channels and start to establish myself as a brand. That's what I have to do. It's just a longer game to play. And actually the talent, I think you need to do that. There's going to be like this group of people who are incredibly good mm -hmm. at getting traction, engagement, again, content creators, media creators, like mm -hmm. again, coming back to the hustle deal, those kind of folks, they are going to be in demand. Like there's going to be a new kind of grouping of people who are going to benefit from this in terms of like being in demand, job skills, yeah. companies needing them. The things that we know, differentiated, clear message is going to help in a world where search is going to be diminished. A 
an emphasis on brand and influence in the market. There is one place where search is not going to go away for a while, and that's YouTube. Investing in YouTube, which I think will be a major search engine that will get AIified, but much slower than the core Google search results. So I think, for example, my hot take is that every company should have a product YouTube channel where it's just doing product use case demos so that those can be easily discoverable on YouTube where it's like, hey, I'm searching how to do this job, but I want a video tutorial. Like every company should do that. That is a no brainer. And I actually think AI is going to make it easier for companies. To do that, all the AI video tools are sick out there. There's a couple, really couple of cool ones that have been submitted through the Ben's Byte partnership that we're probably going to get them to do videos, and we'll we'll review on an upcoming show. But I think those are the things that you have to do to disrupt yourself and prepare for the pending search traffic decline. I think we're going to start see search traffic decline Q4 of this year into the start of next year. Is that is that how you're thinking about it? I think we see it. So the bar is 180 countries. It will be in the EU as soon as they get their GDPR or whatever has to go on to get that. Yeah. And then uh, I think by the end of this year, yeah, we start to see it. I can tell you, like, from companies I talked to, Google was already taking their traffic. They've ramped up carousels. They've ramped up feature snippets. Yes. I don't know about how much, but I think by the end of the year, we're going to start to see some real stories about, like, wow, I dropped, like, 20 30% in monthly traffic. I think in some cases, I think it'll be 40 to 50%. Right. I think what's going to be interesting is, like, there's some marketplaces and review site like review like g2 all these kind of things that are very aggregating yeah, aggregator like sites that are we're gonna, it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens it's gonna be interesting to, to see what, what they look like by the end of the year okay so on today's show we talked about a lot we talked about personalization we talked about ai writing tools we talked about seo those are the things that we think i think are really here and ready in some ways shape or form we think ai writing tools are still overhyped we think Personalization through chat and email is actually here today. Today. We think the search technology is here today, but what's hyped is that it's not quite impacting everybody's traffic. And that's going to start over the next six to nine months is where that's really going to start to erode. My last question before we close out is like, what do you think is next? Like what's on the horizon? Like, I think those are the aspects of marketing that are deeply touched by AI right now. But what is like, what's, what's coming up? I think video. Yeah. I think video, I think, is the, I think video is the unlock when the average marketer does not need to have the editing skills, post-production skills, when they can actually just go from idea to like fully fledged video. I think video becomes much more ubiquitous in all of the things that we do. I think video becomes more ubiquitous. I think as we move to world of influence and search going away, I think actually in-person events are going to yeah. come back a community. lot. Community, especially IRL community, and that's going to be different in-person events are going to be, I think, come back and come back with a vengeance. Right. Like they kind of really disappeared over the pandemic and they're starting to come back. But I think marketers are going to say, well, I can have a clearer understanding of my ROI on this event than a lot of this other things I'm doing. So I'm going to invest in and these people events. people want to interact with people. And people want to interact with people. We're getting that feedback from everybody. So I think strangely, AI is going to bring events back, yeah. which, I, which is like a, a crazy thing to say, but I like I fundamentally believe it, it's right. true. Brand advertising is going to scale up. It is going to scale up in a big way. And I think what we also know is that advertising is going to change. Online advertising, like we don't know what's going to happen to AdWords. I think like we fundamentally don't. Like the biggest unknown, if you're a marketer today, is what is happening happening? with AdWords and Meta's ad products in the age of AI? Because we've all relied on them very heavily. And as those products change, 
there will be some challenges and there'll be some opportunities. And I think that's the biggest unknown that I think you and I, at some point, the second half of this year, will be talking about, we'll do, be doing a whole episode based on ads and what that shift in advertising is like and what companies need to do to take advantage of it. Agreed. And final closing thoughts. We're in Dublin. What do people need to know about Dublin? What do you need to know about Dublin? We've got to the people. You, you, we've got you, the River Liffey in man, the background. You know, it's an incredible country, great scenery, great people, great bars. Can't get any kind of technology <laughs> before anyone else. We Can't all, get a Nate sleep. We're always last. Can't get a Nate sleep. I got Twitter blue. It sucks. I'm going to actually cancel. <laughs> <laughs> you bitched for like three I months. I know, but actually, like, it's, what, what's the point in that? Like, I can yeah. say bookmark. I don't know why. I don't get the point of the product. I'm I'm actually just pumped to see Kieran in, in real life because most of the time we're just looking through the computer. The teleprompter and computer at each other. Again, we're going to do another live show later this summer. Your job is to tell us beach or winery, which are both words. two amazing places to have a podcast. <laughs> just, just one si- of those words. Just sign That's me up. Beach or podcast in the YouTube comments. Hit subscribe in the YouTube comments. And we'll be back with you real soon on Marketing Instagram. <laughs>